Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. We've been spending this whole month in the book of Colossians, talking about the concept of of religion, and is religion just something very personal? Is this all about your personal religion? And we've talked about a number of things, but what it boils down to is a lot of the times we either think or are faced with the idea that religion is simply this very deeply personal, intimate thing that is supposed to remain private. That it's nobody else's business. That it's something that you have in your life and it shouldn't be shared with other people, much like your opinion about politics. We have this idea or we have this idea thrown at us that we think that our faith should be kept within our own little personal world and it should not affect others and what other people believe should not affect you. And you do not need anybody else in order for you to hold the faith that you hold. It is about you and you alone. And whether you believe that or not, that is something that many of us sometimes face, and that is something that is often thrown at us about this faith thing, this religion thing, that it is deeply personal and it should remain private. And you may be thinking, well, I don't really believe that, but even if you don't believe it up here, you may find that you practice like you believe it. You go to family gatherings and you know that you just shouldn't bring it up there. You come on Sundays in order to be fed through worship and the Word, to take a look at that really handsome pastor I don't know who's more embarrassed, you or me. You were pointing at yourself, okay. Well, we know which one has the sin of pride this morning. You come to Sundays because what you can get at it, and you're really not interested in in, in bothering with other people because you know what, your faith at, at the end of the day is your faith. You kind of hate all that attention, whether it's at work or at school or with your kids or your sports teams. And so you decide, you know what, your faith is very private. Maybe it's your family faith and that's just something at home. But it's not going to affect sports. It's not going to affect your activities. It's not going to affect things you do out with your friends. You're just going to go with the flow there because you really don't want the attention. And your your faith is just something deeply personal. You may be scared about sharing your faith with other people, even expressing your opinion and what you believe because of how people are going to react. You may think, you know what, at the end of the day, I really don't need a church. Some of you 
Some of you may actually even avoid your pastor because you know he's going to challenge your faith. And that may be all fine as long as faith really is just your own personal religion. But I have proof here today, undeniable proof, that faith is not simply this very intimate, personal thing that has no effect on the rest of your life or anyone else around you. Are you ready for this proof? Undeniable proof that this thing that is intimately private is also absolutely public. Are you ready for that proof? It's called deodorant. How many of you consider whether or not you wear deodorant to be something quite intimate and private? How many of you would consider how often you take a shower or a bath or wash to be something very intimate and private and nobody else's business? How many of you posted the last time you took a shower on Facebook? <laughs> Anybody? That's weird, right? But you know that the day that you don't wear deodorant... Everybody knows it. The day that you're out mowing the lawn, you don't have a shower, and then you go out on a date or you go out with friends, and everybody knows it. Am I right? Something that's very intimate, very private, you don't want anybody in there. I'm going to, this is too much information, but I'm going to say it anyways. I'll tell you. Heidi and I have been married for nine years, and I still lock the bathroom door when I'm in there, because I don't want her in there, because that is intimate, private time. Amen? Can I get an amen? That is nobody else's business. It's my business. I need to stop saying business. Um, that is incredibly private and intimate. But it has this lingering, obvious effect on others. You guys know it. Many of you dealt with this and can remember that awkward teenager in, in middle school that all of a sudden started to stink and nobody had had the conversation, listen, you need to shower, listen, you need to put on deodorant. You guys remember that? Some of you were that kid. Kids. And it was this intimately private, kind of embarrassing thing, but everybody knew about it. And it had an effect on who you were able to talk to and how they were able to talk to you and any of those interactions. Now, this is just something silly and ridiculous, but that is this proof that there are things in our lives that are very private, very personal. And yet, still, affected by and affect others. Colossians chapter 4. 
Paul wraps up his letter to the Colossian church. And he says this. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tichikas? Tichikas? Anybody know how to say that name? No? Timmy. <laughs> will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristocarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is a working hard for you, and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, See to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write these greetings in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. What do we take from that passage? A whole bunch of stuff. But Paul makes it absolutely clear that he is in this faith journey, this mission with others. And other people have had an effect on him. He has an effect on other people and they work together and they are absolutely needed to remain and be strong in the faith. You know what? All these, most of these guys are mentioned in other parts of the Bible. Timmy, or whatever his name is, is found in Acts, Ephesians, first in Second Timothy and Titus. Onesimus is a main person talked about in the book of Philemon. Um, uh, uh, Aristarchus is in Acts and Philemon. Mark is found in Acts and in Second Timothy. Epaphras in Philemon. 
we, uh, we know about Luke from the Gospel of Luke. That's the guy that wrote it. Demas is talked about in Philemon and 2 Timothy. And Archippus is talked about in Philemon as well. These are guys that aren't just mentioned one time in this one letter. These are guys that were intimately involved in the faith journey of Paul the Apostle. They were essential to his faith journey. He had an effect on them and he, they had an effect on him. And what this leads me to believe is this. That faith isn't just between you and God. It involves those around you too. Faith isn't just between you and God. It involves those around you too. Paul clearly sees our responsibility to share our faith with outsiders, with other people. He absolutely sees the necessity of having other good, faithful people in our lives to encourage us in our walk. We need each other. And as much as the world wants to say it, and as much as it would be convenient to say it, that faith is just my own personal thing. I can do it on my own. It affects me and nobody else. The truth of the matter is, it's a lot like deodorant. Yes, no one else is going to put it on you. Because that's weird. But it definitely has an effect on those around you. Faith isn't just between you and God. It involves those around you, too. You know what? We should be living our faith in a way that is obvious to those around us. It doesn't mean that we have to be bullies with our faith and that you have to walk in and talk to your family or walk into your workplace and start beating people over the head with what you believe. You don't have to be a bully about it, but you have to believe that it's actually true. If you can go to work and you can talk about the movie that you saw on the weekend or this new bike or the new car that you got or the show that you watched that was really good and that is something real and matters to you, then you can talk about something that is real and matters to you called faith. If it is just something fake and it doesn't actually matter to you, fine, don't talk about it. But if you really believe in Christ and He has had a real effect on your life, then you can talk about Him just like that. You don't have to be a bully. You don't have to be weird. You don't have to go in even quoting Scripture to them. You just have to talk about how Jesus has affected you. We need to face the fact that we need each other. Then we need to gather and connect with each other. We need to be a people that hold on tightly to what we believe, even when other people will oppose us, even when other people threaten us, even when we know that's going to bring the heat and that's going to make trouble. People are going to get angry with us. We need to be people that don't just go with the flow. 
but say, you know what, everybody else is doing this and I'm just going to go along with it to avoid any trouble. We need each other to challenge one another, to grow, to point out the things that need to be worked on and need to be encouraged and removed and changed. Whether it's us having an effect on other people or other people having an effect on us, we need to understand that faith isn't just between us and God. It, is, it involves those around us too. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, number one, you've got to make sure that you are part of a church. And not just attending a church. Be part of it. Get to know the other people. Build relationships with the other people. You see someone here you don't know, go introduce yourself. If you're like, I talked to them three weeks ago, I haven't talked to them again, and I don't remember their name, you know what? They probably don't remember your name either. It's okay. I have a name tag that I wear every Sunday. And sometimes people still get my name wrong. And it's right here. That's okay. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we get to talk to each other. That we get to connect with each other. That we are all part of this church. So you need to be part of a church. The second thing, when, when fall rolls around and we have small group sign-ups, sign up for a small group. Get part of one of those groups to grow in your faith, to be challenged, to learn how to read your Bible and how to grow and how to pray together. And thirdly, you've got to go public with your faith. You've got to let it live out how you talk, how you act, what you do, and what you don't do. That's what it boils down to. You need to stop trying to keep it just in your own little world, in your own little bubble, and make it just personal. And you've got to understand that it is supposed to, and inevitably does, involve other people. If we do that, incredible things happen. You'll find that your faith gets stronger and isn't shaken as easily. You guys know what I'm talking about when the trials and the problems and all, all, the, all the banter on YouTube and on the news comes in and you're like, oh, I don't know if I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I believe this stuff. You will find that you will not be shaken easily by those things anymore. You'll find that it, you will remain on the right path and you will continue to do the things you're supposed to be doing more often. You'll find that those around you start being more and more open to the leading of Jesus and may actually get saved. And this is a big one. Your kids and your grandkids are watching. 
They're watching. And how you live your faith may just determine how they live theirs. Worship team's going to come up. We're going to do one final song. But we need to understand it is convenient. It is a nice thought to think that faith is just our own private thing and we can just leave it there. But it's not. It involves everybody around us. Just like taking a shower or putting on deodorant. It is very personal. It is very private. But it's also, one way or another, very obvious to everyone around you. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.